Good to see you. If you have your Bibles, open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to begin there with just two passages of Scripture, verses 16 through 18. We've entitled the lesson this morning, Listening for That Trumpet Call. That's what the opening song was all about. When that trumpet sounds, when Jesus Christ returns to to take his children home in what we call the rapture. Let me tell you, there ain't no grave going to hold our bodies down. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, it says, here's how this rapture is going to take place. Here is how this event that we long for today is going to take place. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And then what's going to happen after this voice of the angel shouts and after the trumpet of God sounds, he says, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now that is the key. That term caught up is where we get the word rapture from. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then he ends that by saying, therefore, Therefore, therefore simply means of what I have just told you, that there will be a catching up of God's children, because therefore, the dead in Christ, those of us, uh, those who have passed on, your loved ones, my loved ones who have already passed away, he says, therefore, they're going to be brought up out of that ground, and therefore, since we are going to be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, he says, comfort one another with these words. So folks, with that, that's, that's where we can gain comfort in this old sinful world that we live, knowing that one day our Lord and our Savior is going to return to take us out of this old wicked, evil world of which we live. And if there's one thing that we as children of God are looking forward to, I believe it is that sounding of the trumpet that's going to call us out of this old wicked world to the home that Jesus Christ has gone away to prepare. And when that day comes, when that trumpet sounds, can I tell you something? There isn't going to be any grave deep enough. There's not going to be any grave wide enough. There's not going to be any grave you know, dark enough to hold our bodies down. Amen? Praise God that, you know, we're going to come up, we're going to come up, we're going to come up out of that ground. Look, I don't care if you've been cremated. So many people have a problem with cremation. You know, I, I guess I'm one of the weird ones that don't. Because I believe that when the body goes in the ground, it returns to the dust of the, uh, the to the dust of which it was created. And if God can bring dust back together, can He bring you know ashes back together? God created the body to begin with. But there, you know, well, I don't care if you've been cremated, eaten by animals, drowned in the ocean, and your body never found. Listen to me. When that trumpet sounds, those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. You know, all them pieces are going to come back together and this mortal body of which we live in today is going to be transformed into an immortal body and be reunited with the soul, you know, that left it at, at death. Now, in case you don't understand what happens at death, death simply means a separation. And when a person closes their eyes in death and they draw that final breath, what happens is the soul, the spirit of that person goes to be with Jesus Christ if they're saved. And what happens at the, at the rapture of the church, that spirit comes back down with Jesus and that body that is returned to the dust of which it was created is going to be brought back together to meet that soul, meet that spirit in the air, and they will receive that new body that, that, and be reunited with it 
For the child of God, let me tell you something, our prayer should be Maranatha. Maranatha means come Lord Jesus. So, five facts concerning the rapture here. In 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul gives us a picture of what the rapture is. Again, Christ is going to come back in the air. He's going to take all the Christians to heaven with him. Every one of us who know him as our Lord and Savior will be taken out of this world. Excuse me. It will come as suddenly as the flood came. And just like with the flood, you know, very few people are going to be prepared for the rapture of the church. You know, from the definition Paul gives, we have determined that it means the church is going to be caught up or carried away into the air to forever be with our Lord and our Savior. But exactly what does that mean? I believe it covers a number of things. The first thing is, you know, Christ will return to move His people before the tribulation. Yes, I'm a pre-tribber. Yes, I believe that, you know, that God, uh, Jesus is going to take His uh, chosen people, those of us who know Him as a personal Savior, out of this world before the beginning of the tribulation period. And at that moment, that seven-year tribulation period will begin. This is an event that's that's going to be one of great drama, and it's vividly uh, portrayed in the Scripture. You know, His coming will be accompanied by this loud command from the voice of the archangel. Then it's going to be a trumpet sound, as we've done see, and the implication is that that sound will be heard all around the world. You know, right now we got various different time zones, but can I tell you something? When Jesus returns, I don't care which time zone you're in, I don't care which part of the world you're in, when He appears in that eastern sky and that trumpet sounds and that voice of that archangel just cries, Come forth! Come forth! Everyone in the world will hear it at the same time. Praise God. Now, the rapture is a resurrection of those who have died in Christ or those who are still alive at His coming. You see, the dead will be raised even before those who are living is going to be changed. And yet both groups are going to experience their respective changes in the moment, he says, in the twinkling of an eye. Now, in in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul put it this way, Behold, I show you a mystery. He said, We shall not all sleep, but we shall all, and again, he's talking to the Christians, we shall all be changed in a moment, In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Praise God. This old body ain't going to look like it does now, Mama. Uh, It'll look like it was when, uh, you know, when you first, uh, you know, hooked me and pulled me in, okay? He says, you know, we're going to be, you know, uh, this old body is going to be changed. He says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Listen, I, I, looked, at that, I looked at that in the New uh, Living Translation, and here's the way it uh, says. I believe I've got that up there for you. It says, but look, I tell you a secret. Okay? We will not all sleep in death, but we will be changed. It will only take a second. It, 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 as quick as the eye blinks when that last trumpet sounds, the trumpet will sound And those who have died will be raised to live for how long? Forever. And we will be changed. Do you you think he's trying to get the point across there that we're going to be changed? This body that can be destroyed must clothe itself with something that can never be destroyed. And this body that dies 
must clothe, uh, clothe itself with something that can never die. Praise God. Look, Paul said in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now, if there's one thing that can't be measured, it's the twinkling of an eye. A blink of the eye can be measured, okay? It can be measured. But the twinkling of an eye can't be. Let me describe to you what a twinkling is. Now, uh, when Jared first saw Michaela, Okay? There was a twinkle in his eye. Wasn't there, Jared? Okay? There was a twinkle in his eye. It wasn't a blink. It was a twinkle. Now, you're laughing, but it's the same way with the person you're with. When you first saw him, there was that twinkle there. You just knew. But it happened that quick. It happened that quick. And that's what Paul is saying. This is going to happen quick. Notice this is not going to be a process occurring over a period of time. Rather, it is going to happen as Scripture uh, describes it instantaneously. The moment that trumpet sounds, instantaneously, folks, we're going to be changed. Instantaneously, those who have died knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're going to be raised up uh, from, the, to the, from the grave to receive their new celestial body. Instantaneously, those who are alive at that time, at the sounding of the trumpet, is going to receive our celestial body. And instantaneously, we'll rise up to be in, the, uh, in heaven with the Lord forever. I love that song, What a Day That Will Be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and he leads me through that promised land, what a day, what a glorious day that will be. Will that be a glorious day? Let me ask that again. Will that be a glorious day? You bet it will. You bet it will. Now the third thing we see there is this. There will be a rapture of the living believers who will be caught up. Now, I want you, I keep using that word caught up because it's important to understand that word caught up. We'll get to it in a moment. There will be a rapture of living believers who will be caught up to be with Jesus, you know, before experiencing death. You see, though the word rapture is not found in the Bible, you won't find the word rapture found in the Bible. But in the Latin, it means to be caught up. It means to be carried away. It means to be snatched out. It specifically refers to, to the transformation of believers into immortal bodies without the event of physical death or even afterwards. Paul calls it a mystery, and I can add nothing to that beyond that description. And whatever happens uh, in that instant is a mystery, but what a glorious day that will be you see the next thing we see here there will be a reunion with loved ones who have died and an eternal union with christ there will be a quick reunion with those who have gone on before and then there is going to be an eternal union with our lord and savior jesus christ can you imagine what that's going to be like can you just imagine perhaps you never met your father perhaps you never met your grandfather or grandmother because maybe they passed on before you got old enough to remember them maybe your mother passed away at birth and you never even knew your mother just think about what kind of reunion that is going to be on that day and yet it holds no comparison to uh, to, to to all of what it's going to be like when we see jesus when we see jesus 
Look, our reunion with our loved ones may be short-lived. And the reason I say it may be short-lived because when we look around and see the one who died on the cross for our sins, guess where all our focus is going? Guess where all our attention is going? It will all be directed toward Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. The very thought of seeing Jesus in all his glory should make our heart long for that day, folks. Look, there's more and more truth regarding the rapture that we need to take a look at. And that, this is the, probably the most practical of all. The rapture is to be a source of comfort and encouragement for you and me today. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. Why should a person die? Or why should a person leaving out of this world be a comfort? Well, evidently, you don't live in the same world I live in. Okay? Because, folks, listen, there's a lot of evil in this world. Why is there a lot of evil on Wednesday nights? We're, we're doing a study on, on spiritual warfare. And what we have found out is Satan is the prince and power of this earth. Satan is, is in control of this earth at this time. That's why there's so much evil. And, and, and here's the thing. We ought to be able to comfort one another with, look, just hold on. Listen for that trumpet because we're going to be out of here when that trumpet sounds. That is comfort, folks, in this old world we live. Look, can you imagine what it's going to be like? Can you just imagine? Paul writes in verse 18, comfort one another with these words. Now, when will the rapture happen? Now, people have been hearing it all their life, okay? Some of you here today are in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s, and a few in their 90s, okay? Would it be a fair statement to say that you've heard that all your life, the rapture could come at any moment? Well, you're hearing it one more time because the rapture could come at any moment. We know not that day that that trumpet is going to sound. We know not that day the archangel is going to holler, come up hither, come up hither. Look, so when will it happen? Though no one knows the day and the time, Christ told us what the world would be like at the end of history. He gave one great sign indicating how people would live in the last days you know, just before the end of this present world. And we see that in Matthew chapter 24. He says this, For as in the days of Noah were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage, until, boy, they were having fun, wasn't it? It was one big party, wasn't it? It was one big sinful party in the world. Okay? Until. Don't miss that word until. Because God was about to spoil their party. God was about to throw a monkey wrench, if you please, into their party. Until that day that Noah entered that ark, that they had been laughing at him for building for over 120 years. Until he entered that ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away. And took them all away. So shall the coming of the man, a coming of man, be. Now, we know that this particular passage of Scripture is speaking about the second coming as the rapture is never referred to as the day of the Lord, nor is it ever referred to as the coming of the Son of Man. But therefore, we can use, okay, we know that the rapture is going to happen seven years prior to the coming of Jesus Christ, His second coming. Therefore, we can use the condition of the world as a gauge to when the rapture is going to happen, you know, uh, with a comparison of the world today in the way it was in Noah's day. 
And I'm convinced that we're living in those days. And I want to suggest to you that today the world is even more evil than it was in Noah's time. Now, judgment. Here's the sad thing. Folks, judgment is about to fall. But we, who are we? Us Christians. Okay? We're living like it will never happen. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. He cried wolf, 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 and people came to kill the wolf and there was no wolf. He cried wolf, 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 the people came, there was no wolf. What was it? Somebody remember the old story, third time or fourth time? He cried wolf, nobody came, and the wolf ate him. Because we've been hearing it all our life, the rapture is coming, the rapture is coming, the rapture is coming. Many of us have gotten complacent. But you know what? One day it's coming. And I believe that one day is a whole lot closer now than it was yesterday. A whole lot closer. Because you look at the condition of the world that we're living in today. Folks, listen, it is time that the church wakes up and sees that the time is short. It is time the church understands that we have to be, in this end time, salt and light to a lost and dying world. It's time that the people of God understand that, the, that, that there's people dying daily, going to hell, and there's people who are going to be left when this rapture does take place to go through seven years of tribulation. There's going to be some of your friends. There's going to be some of your loved ones. There's going to be some of your family that's going to be left behind, yet you've never told them about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for them. How sad. How sad. Christ said, as in the days that it were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, and they knew not until the flood came and took them away that the judgment of God was about to come. Folks, that's the way it's going to be at the rapture of the church. People are still going to be partying. They're still going to be eating, drinking, and marrying and giving in marriage and they're going, to la- they're going to continue to laugh at those of us who believe in such a ridiculous thing as the rapture of the church and they'll laugh and they'll have their fun until until that day now here's the thing lost people will not hear the trumpet lost people will not hear the sound come up hither they're just going to look around and people are going to be gone People are going to be gone. Millions of people will be gone. And knew not until the flood came and took them away. Look, I suggest to you that today's world is no different than it is or was in Noah's day. Sin is just as rampant. And again, like I said a minute ago, I believe it's even more so than it was there. Look, if you're not a Christian, then you're going to be left behind to go through the Great Tribulation, period. He says this, Then shall be great tribulation, such as never has been before. You know know what's going to make this worse than the flood? You know what's going to make the seven-year tribulation worse than the flood? The flood, I mean, it just, the the water started rising and, and the people just drowned. What's going to make the tribulation worse, and that's why he says, then such great tribulation has never seen since the beginning of the world, is because it's going to last seven years. It's not going to just be over. It's going to last seven years these people will have to go through hell here on this earth. So he says, watch therefore, okay? No one 
I mean, uh, excuse me. He says, great tribulation that's never been on the face of the earth shall happen. Look, you go, uh, well, you go through literal hell on earth. You know, you're going to experience the horrors if you get left behind that no other generation has ever went through. The Holy Spirit is going to be removed. And because the Holy Spirit will be removed, you'll not have him there to gain support from for seven year period. Now, the third thing we see there is this. If you have never been truly converted, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, come into your heart, save your soul, or something to that effect. Remember the thief on the cross, all he said to get saved was, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Okay? So there is no set thing you have to say, but it does have to come from the heart. If you've never truly been converted, you will be. You will be left behind. You will go through the plagues and the horrors of this great tribulation period. You see, one cannot repent any time they want. I've had people tell me, oh, when I get through with all my, you know, uh, sowing my wild seeds, when I get up into my 50s and 60s and 80s, baby, when I, when I get up there in that age group, then, then I might think about becoming a Christian. Can I give you a little insight here? Can I give you a little insight? You can't just repent any time you want. You can't just say, well, later on, I'll do this. One can only repent and come to Christ as a result of the calling of the Holy Spirit of God upon their life. Here's what Jesus said in John 6 and 44. He says, no one can come to me. How many? No one. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him how does the father draw people through the holy spirit okay and look what he says here's the promise when the holy spirit draws when you come to christ he promises this i will raise you up in that last day you know what now you're going to hear that trumpet you know what now you're going to hear that angel cry come up hither come up hither no one can come unto the father unless the spirit draws and then they respond at that time within their life. Look, by the time, here's the sad thing. By the time of the tribulation, God will no longer be able to offer up His grace, you know, for people to repent and be saved because the Holy Spirit is going to be taken out when the church is taken out. Look, the whole seven years of the tribulation period, the Holy Spirit's going to be in heaven. He's going to be in heaven. That. Excuse me, that's why there's going to be hell on earth like never before because right now the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the restrainer. He restrains Satan to a certain point. But then, folks, he'll be gone. Now, question. What must I do? Now, you spent you know, 20 minutes already, Pastor, talking about this thing called the rapture that you call the rapture that you know I've heard all my life is going to happen, and it ain't happened yet. But just in case something like that does happen, what do I need to do? Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Watch therefore, for you know not hour, which hour your Lord is going to come. So what, what's, that, what's that mean to you if you've never accepted Christ? Here's what it means. Be on the alert. Okay? Watch and be ready because you do not know when that trumpet is going to sound. And once it does, listen to me, once it does, once that trumpet does sound, okay, it is going to be too late for you then to make that most important decision 
of your life. You know, some people think they make important decisions in life, you know. Uh, who do I marry? You know, what job do I take? Uh, you know, where should I go to college? And boy, some people just fret over these things. This is the most, uh, you know, difficult decision I've ever made before in my life. But can I tell you something? The most important decision you'll ever make in your life is where you're going to spend eternity. Where you're going to spend eternity. Look, are you ready for that day? Are you prepared? If not, you must turn away from the sinful lifestyle and that selfish lifestyle you're in. You must live a new life according to that new nature that the Holy Spirit gives you. You must come to Christ today by faith. And if you don't come to Christ, you'll not be saved. You know, I don't care how many times you come to church. Church will not save you. Baptism will not save you. What will save you is accepting Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. Listen. He died on the cross to pay the penalty of your sin, and he rose from the dead in order to give you eternal life. Where's Jesus right now at this moment? He's in heaven at the right hand of God, just waiting for God to look over at him and say, go bring my people home. Go bring your church home and out of that old sinful world. Look, you must come to him by faith. Jesus said this, and boy, this is a promise. Don't miss this promise. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Now, I'm just one of them weirdos who believe in security of the believer. I'm one of them weirdos who believe once you're saved, you're always saved. I, I had a person leave this church one time because that was heresy, preaching once saved, always saved. You know, I would hate to live my life knowing that if I sinned a certain sin or too many sins or done a certain thing, that I would no longer be saved. Listen, I don't care, you know, what type of sin you have committed, will commit, or, you know, or whatever. If you know Christ is your personal Savior, he said here in John 6, 37, if you come to me, I will in no wise cast you out. I will in no wise cast you out. Folks, that is a promise from Jesus Christ. Look here, it doesn't matter what sin you've committed in the past. It doesn't matter what sin you're involved in today or what sin you're going to commit tomorrow. Jesus says, if you'll just come to me, all, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, if you'll just come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Folks, that's a promise from Jesus Christ. Come to Jesus, and he's going to pardon your sins, and you're going to find yourself at that moment prepared to meet him when he does come again. Paul said in our text, comfort one another with those words. Comfort one another with that promise. Look, some may have a question about future events. However, the fact is, Jesus is coming back, and that's the bottom line. And folks, that is a source of comfort for me and you as a believer, and I hope it is for you. Look, I remember in the early 70s. Now, some of you, you weren't even a thought of in the 70s, okay? But yes, I was in the 70s, all right? I was done in the military in the 70s, so that tells you I'm a little bit older than what I look, I know. But uh, Brenda, you don't have to do that. But let me, I, I can remember in the 70s, okay? Uh, a group of us guys. We'd meet at the Christian Service Center in Guam. In Guam. I was stationed in Guam for 18 months. 
We'd meet at the Christian Service Center in, in Guam. We'd be outside. We'd build a fire. I would take my guitar, and we'd begin to sing a song. Not Kumbaya, okay? Not Kumbaya. But we would begin to sing a song, and here's the way that song went. Now, I know that once I say this, it's going to come to some of you old folks' mind, and the rest of the service, you're going to be singing that in your head, okay? But try not to do that. But here's the way it would go. Again, sitting around the fire, playing the guitar, singing this song. Life was filled with guns and war. And everyone got trampled on the floor. Anybody remember the next words? I wished we had all been ready. Children died, the days grew cold. A piece of bread would buy a bag of gold. What's the next words? I wish we had all been ready. Everybody say that. Okay. There's no time to change your mind. How could you have been so blind? The Savior called, but you declined. The Son has come, and you've been left behind. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and she turns her head. He's gone. What's the next word? Say it. Wish we had all been ready. Two men walking up a hill. One disappears and one left standing still. Let me hear it. Wish we had all been ready. But there's no time to change your mind. How could you have been so blind? The Savior called, but you declined. The Son has come. And you've been left behind. You've been left behind. You've been left behind. How sad. How sad that many are going to be left behind. My final question to you is this. Will you, will you be one of those who are left behind? Or will you be one who hears that shout, come up hither. And hear that trumpet sound. And instantaneously be changed. Instantaneously be changed. Will you be one who's left behind when Jesus comes to receive his people at the rapture? Or, or do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if that rapture was to take place before we leave this building this morning, which it could. Let me tell you something. There is no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church. All of it's been fulfilled. There is some property before the, uh, prophecy before the second coming can transpire, but not the rapture. So if it was to happen before we leave this building, would you, would you go? Or would you be sitting here saying, what in the world just happened? A lot of people done just went out of this place. I wish we'd all be ready.